Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where a below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Mary Schwapach, who played soccer at the University of Notre Dame from 2012 to 2016. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. I'm so excited to have you. Mary, you're from Denver, Colorado, and I ask everyone that I have on the podcast that's from Colorado the same thing. Is it as pretty as it looks? It is, and even prettier. Um, you know, Denver, Denver's home to me, and so I'll be the first to tell you really how much I love it, but a lot of outdoor activities, a lot of sports out here, and I've actually uh, come back and now live in Denver, so... Nice, nice. Now, do you ever go up to the mountains at all? Vail, Breckenridge, any of that? Yeah, so I did more Winter Park Popper um, growing up, and now there's kind of two ski passes out here. So um, Vail's on the other one, and so is Brett. But um, it's it's funny, that's a very hot topic here out in Colorado, what ski pass you have. But (laughs) honestly, love the mountains um, almost even more in the summer, all the hiking and stuff like that. True, true. Yeah, that's what I've heard, that there's a lot of great hiking trails out there. Yeah, no, I love it. Get out there quite a bit with my dog and friends out here, so it's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. And Mary, you have a couple siblings, right? I do, yeah. So I have an older brother um, and a younger sister. Oh, right in the middle. Yeah, I'm 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 the middle child. (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel ignored at all? No, I actually don't tell him this, but I think I might be the favorite. Oh, nice. A middle child is the favorite. You must have been very well behaved. Uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, definitely the behaved one, and I give them a hard time, but, you know, <laughs> so, someone has to be, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you get into soccer? Honestly, you know, that's a great question. I think I've, you know, been playing soccer for almost as long as I can remember. Um, it's kind of just always been around anything to, you know, get me outdoors, get playing outside. My mom was actually my first, my first coach. Um, so from my early days of shooting stars to playing rush, you know, soccer kind of throughout growing up and, you know, at Notre Dame, it's really just been a big part of my life kind of kind of throughout and you know still is today very cool now did your mom play soccer or was it sort of just she volunteered to coach with the peewee kids yeah she just volunteered um she (laughs) you know i think she she played a lot of sports growing up herself so i think she's excited to watch watch her kids and help her kids do the same nice that's awesome so you're a forward at notre dame now had you always been a forward or at some point did you switch positions um, I, uh, yeah, so I ended my quote unquote career. I'm retired now, I like to say, but, um, as a forward, but I really played outside mid outside forward, um, a lot during club. I played a little bit of outside back. Um, I played for a women's league team with rush. Um, so did a lot of outside back on that, but really, really anything on the outside or up top. Nice, nice. Okay, all over the place. And you played other sports. You end up being a three-sport athlete in high school. So you're a basketball player. You ran track. Any other sports did you try growing up? Um, those were the main ones. Um, I think I was, you know, you know, if I had a sport every season, I was, I was happy. So soccer obviously was was the main one for me growing up, and that was kind of a 
a year-round thing, um, really started playing competitive soccer fairly young, and then, you know, played basketball throughout the years. Um, I was never never the star on the basketball court, but I, you know, was big on the defensive end. Nice. <laughs> hey, everyone needs, everyone needs someone like that. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and then I started running track in high school. So ran track there. Um, one state with track, actually. Um, we had a, a good four-by-one and a good four-by-two team. Ran with a girl who actually um, ended up running track at Harvard. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, fun group of girls, for sure. Nice, nice. So you mentioned you started playing competitive soccer pretty young. How old were you when you started ODP? Um, yeah, so we, uh, I started ODP, honestly, probably like 11 years old, um, more competitive on the aspects of our teams were just the traveling teams where you would travel to other states to, you know, play all the teams out there. I think ODP, you know, it was, it was big for a while, kind of dropped off and everyone was just playing ECNL with their club teams. And I think it had a little bit of a resurgence. Um, but not sure what the ODP world looks like now. I think it's more just ECNL stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so started playing competitive probably around nine or so and kind of stuck with it throughout, throughout the years. And what is ECML? You can tell I did not play competitive soccer. <laughs> no. So it was just like the league. We would play teams from all over all over the country, and you would travel to probably – I want to say five or six tournaments a year. And you'd, uh, it was like a national league for kind of a lack of a better term. Gotcha. Okay. So you're, you're traveling pretty young. Impressive. Yeah. The, I mean, I think whether it was regional stuff for, you know, state, regional, national to that stuff, you, you really started young. You kind of, it's interesting. Like a lot of people, really committed to one sport at a young age. And I think I tried to keep it, you know, as diverse as other sports for as long as I possibly could. Um, I think it was more just to keep it um, new and refreshed for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. You were on some very competitive teams, very successful. You guys won three straight state cups. And at one tournament, you finished third in the country at the 2010 Nationals. So yeah. Yeah, no, it was fun. We had a really good team. It was fun to, you know, play with, with that group of girls, and we had a really good core. You know, it it was – we had a unique group. You know, I think um, regionals and nationals were all, 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 always a big deal. And, you know, from, you know, sharing those moments with my team and just really seeing all the hours and time we put in pay off, you know, I think – if I remember correctly, you know, our team, everyone on our team had a scholarship to play in college. Wow. Um, so it's pre- pretty unique in that aspect. Um, one of us actually skipped college and went and played professional right away. But, um, you know, it was really unique to have everyone have an opportunity for that. So, Who skipped college? Um, Lindsay Horan. Oh, my God. You played with Lindsay Horan? No way. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. So yeah, she was on my team growing up, um, obviously well-known now, and you know, still, still catch up with her when she's back in Denver, but you know, it's awesome to just see her success and see how far she's come, and 
now that we, we can still stay in touch. So Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. She's a World Cup champion. She is a World Cup champion, yeah. That's she awesome. she let me hold her medal uh, right when they got back. It was no awesome. way. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> is she playing overseas now or is she in the WN the NWSL? She is playing overseas right gotcha. now, yeah. So she's on loan over there for a little bit. Um, oh, okay, I thought I think, that was the case. Yeah, I think she's uh got some uh they have some national team stuff coming up, so she's been back on that and she's uh yeah, crushing it over there. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, so had some had some incredible teammates. You were obviously very good yourself. Let's talk a little bit about your experience at Mullen High School. You already mentioned that you you won a state championship in track and field. I'm curious, was there any interest for college for track and field? No, not not for me. Um, it's funny, I actually had a friend who, well, she, she played a year above me at Rush. She actually ran track in college and played soccer at Texas A&M. Oh, wow. Um, for me, it, was, it wasn't something that I, I was interested in. More of my focus was just soccer mm-hmm. um, and but you know, I love I loved it. I love the cross training, um, and you know, my my Mullen experience. I, I didn't play high school soccer every year, um, really, because the focus was on club, and that was where opportunities for scholarships were. And you know, at the end of the day, you only have so much time in the day, right? So yeah, uh, wasn't able to do it every year. Oh, okay. Wow, that's super interesting. So as far as, like, I know you're playing year-round soccer, but as far as the high school season, in Colorado, is that played in the fall or in the spring? It's in the spring. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and which is also, track is in the spring as well. So there was, it was crazy. There was one year where I was playing high school soccer, playing club soccer, running track. Oh I kind of just go to whatever practice I could that day and <laughs> Wow, that's <laughs> made, it, made it work. It was a little crazy, but wow. yeah. Okay, wow, that's interesting to me because in New Jersey and in the Northeast in general, uh, like high school soccer is played in the fall, so that's yeah. interesting to hear. Yeah, I remember just hearing from friends from when they grew up that it was different, and I remember just being such in shock that it was. <laughs> Not all high schools did it the same. So. Yeah, I mean, I was I was intrigued to learn, you know, that kids out west play in the spring. I was like, that's kind of weird, but yeah. So yeah. <laughs> different. Uh, yeah. Have you seen the show Yellow Jackets by any chance? This is a bit of a tangent. I have not. No. Okay. It's it's not really about soccer, but some a part of a part of the show that pisses me off is it's located in New Jersey. It's supposed to take place there. This high school team is from New Jersey. Then they get into a plane crash and they're stuck in the Canadian wilderness. But like within okay. the first few episodes, they're like in the Canadian lake. And it's like, okay, well, if they're playing in the fall, it's going to be winter. Like they're going to a national championship, basically. So it's like November, at least. It's going to be way too cold. You're basing it off of them playing in the spring. And that is just bad research. That's not how it's done in Jersey. Got a fast track on there on that. It should just be on the <laughs> writing Ted team. Lasso is my... Uh... Sports uh, show of choice. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Such a good show. Yes. And way less dark than Yellow Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep it light. Uh, it's a funny one for sure. Absolutely. So as far as basketball, you mentioned that you were a big defensive threat. How was your basketball team? Um, we were good. We, um, we made it to state playoffs 
um, almost every year, um, but uh, never never won a state championship with them. But uh, yeah, we were good. It was, I went to a pretty small high school, so it wasn't as, as big as a lot of high schools out there. Okay. Now I'm curious, have you ever played Thunder Ridge? I've had a couple of alumni from that school on the podcast. I have, yeah. So we um, played them a few times. Honestly, my, my memory of how those games w- went uh, th- doesn't go back that far. But uh, We'll say you won. <laughs> Probably. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but high school basketball in Colorado, especially for the girls, there's some good basketball out there. A lot of great yeah, players that, that come from the state. Uh, yeah, I know that there's been a, a few girls. I know there's a few girls on the Stanford team right now that came from Colorado. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I watch a few of their games. But, yeah, I know that they've had some good players kind of throughout the years. For sure. So, okay, you mentioned that you didn't always play high school soccer because you were playing club. So how many years or how often did you actually play on the high school team? Um, I know I played my freshman year, and I know I played my senior year. I do not believe I, – uh, I think it was just my freshman and senior year that I played. Um, really, my freshman year was – sorry, what was that? Oh, I just made a joke. I said you skipped the middle. Oh, yeah, I skipped the middle. Yeah, I think it was more because my freshman year, I wanted to be able to, you know, make some friends, meet some older girls, and th- different things like that. Get invited and to the then, parties. I hear ya. <laughs> you. Can't tell. You can't tell my parents that. <laughs> um, and then after that, obviously, I had a pretty high focus on getting a scholarship, um, and so wanted to make sure to put the focus there. And you know, traveling with with club and stuff like that was just demanding enough that I couldn't do high school as well. And then my senior year, I was already committed, um, had a few friends that wanted me to play, and so made the decision, you know, to, to play high school again. Okay, that's pretty cool. And you're right, if you're, you know, dead set on getting a scholarship to play soccer in college, it's really coming from what you do in the club. So that makes sense that you would prioritize that. Correct, yeah. Um, definitely comes from the club side of things, um, especially in Colorado. Um, you know, I think there are some states that, you know, high schools um, a little bit better, but um, in Colorado, at least, you definitely got your scholarship through club. Mm-hmm. And you still scored 28 goals in your high school career, despite only being on the ends of it freshman and senior, senior year. I, I guess so. You, you, would, you know the facts better than I do. <laughs> I did. I did some research. So that's incredible. I thought that was good, assuming you played all the years, but only doing it in two is incredible. Yeah, I think I, I might have played a little bit end of my junior year. Um, I definitely didn't play the full season, but they, they tried to get me out to play with them. So. Oh, I'm sure. If I was a high school coach, I'd be, like, begging you every single day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I somehow negotiated my high school. Um, I had already taken all the credits I needed to, and so somehow convinced them my senior spring to have a free period where I would run my track workouts. So I could go to high school soccer practice before my club soccer practice. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You were busy back then. Oh, yes. I don't know how I did it, to be honest. (laughs) And in 2011, when you're still in high school, you also played in the USLW League. What exactly is that? Yeah, so it was back um, when the full women's league 
a league had actually collapsed. So it was like a semi-pro team that was through my club. So the group of um, different uh, women from my club, so a few years older than me, I think we were the youngest ones, maybe one year underneath us. Um, and it was they took about the top three to four people from each of the um, different age groups and put together this this W League team. And we went and played. It was in the summer. Um, and went and played, you know, different U.S. It's essentially their USL um, women's league and different teams around the country. So we did that. So you're, you were essentially playing against pro players. Yeah, I wow. remember going against uh, Sydney LaRue at one point, and I was significantly younger and smaller than her, and I, I didn't have much hope, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. She's still playing, right? She's on Orlando, I believe? Orlando, yep, she is. Wow. Yeah, I like watching. I'll watch the NWSL when I, when I get a chance. I wish it was more on TV. I know it's on one of the apps. So that's a little bit annoying, but... Yeah, I have a I have a few teammates who still play. One out in um, LA now, and the other um, in Houston. But it's nice. try and catch them as much as I can. Um, but yeah, so oh, that's cool. There's a lot of buzz around the LA team. There is. Yeah, my uh, old uh, Notre Dame teammate Carrie plays out there. So okay, nice. Very cool. So let's talk a bit about your your recruiting process. I'd love to know, you know, what schools you were interested in and why you ultimately chose Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, it honestly seems so long ago, but I think, you know, what the recruiting process gave me the most um, is it really just required me to have a lot of um, confidence in myself. Um, I wouldn't say I'm typically the person to really put myself out there, so talking about myself is, is hard for me. So this, this is hard for me. <laughs> oh, no, you're doing a great job. But, uh, but I will tell you, I, I think for me, it was the combination of, you know, athletics, academics, um, the community that you were in. Um, so I, I looked at several different schools. Um, I looked at my final two were actually Virginia and Notre Dame, um, went on my official visits there. And, you know, I think, you know, ND is such a special place. Um, and I think from the moment I stepped on campus, you, you kind of just get that gut feeling, or, or I did anyway. And it was, it was the right combination of academics, athletics, community. Um, you know, I think it's something that it's really unique to find and unique to find a group of coaches, teammates, um, you know, teachers, peers that um, are so unique. And, you know, I think for me, it was a great decision, right? Now I have really good friends to show for it. Um, I have, you know, a Notre Dame degree to show for it. And, you know, all the, all the memories um, kind of throughout the years while I was there. Yeah, you know, it's obviously a great academic school. It's a great athletic school. And yes, when you step on the campus, it's so pretty. So yeah, it's a pretty easy decision. Although Virginia is also a really great school. So you really couldn't go wrong. But sounds like you don't regret your choice at all. No, not at all. 
you know, I, it's funny, you talk to people after the fact and, you know, whether it be, you know, through, through your career and different things like that, you know, athletes have just a very different college experience. You know, you have to, you have early morning workouts, you have practice every day, you have a limited amount of time to get your work done, you're traveling um, for, for games, um, you know, my, when we switched to the ACC, we were traveling Wednesday to Sunday, six out of the 12 weeks of the semester. So it's just a, a different, you know, college experience. Yeah, we had our fun and, and things like that, but, you know, a lot, a lot of work goes, gets put in. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a full-time job being a D1 athlete because you're right, you're practicing a lot, you know, you, you're the games, you're traveling. We will talk about the conference switch. I'm interested to hear about that. And yeah. yeah, you're not having quite as much fun as some of the other students do. Although I'm sure, like you said, you do manage to have fun. But you I, have I'd to love, have fun, right? oh, yeah, yeah, you're you're definitely allowed to have fun. I'd love to know though, how was it, you know, coming in as a freshman, finding that balance between you know all the work you're doing on the field versus the rigorous academics you have as well. Yeah, so I was actually, you know, I think about the transition from from high school to to college. You know, for me, my my high school is actually a pr- pretty um, rigorous academic academically. Um, so I was in, you know, a bunch of AP classes throughout my senior year of um, high school. So coming into Notre Dame, I actually felt fairly prepared on the academic side. Oh, nice. Um, but I will say, you know, I think the incremental um, time asked the, for the athletic part of it was hard. So, you know, I'm very structured, very scheduled person. And so just building that schedule for me and making sure that, you know, I signed up for tutors a lot of times before I even knew what classes I was taking. Just to be able to, you know, have that support, um, made sure I was in classes um, that um, I, I knew someone in. So made friends with a lot of people in my classes to, if I was gone, that they could take notes for me and stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was definitely a transition and it was pretty hard. But um, I think, you know, once you're at Notre Dame, they, they really give you the resources to be able to excel. And if you take advantage of those resources, um, you know, you can be successful. That's great. And you're a yeah. business major, right? I am. And those are college of business. Okay. That's like, I don't know if it's always ranked number one, but a lot of years it's ranked the number one program in the, in the nation. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely up there. Um, and it's funny, my, my brother went to Dartmouth, so sometimes we, we argue over who has the better business school, but wow. I think we come out on top. So <laughs> Definitely. Wow, Dartmouth, that's impressive. You guys are impressive, the academics. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course. Now, obviously, Indiana and Colorado, not all that close. Was it hard for you being that far from home? Um. It, it was hard. Um, thankfully, my parents were able to come come visit quite a bit. Um, I will say the hardest thing was, was the winters, because um, while we do have four seasons and, and winters in Colorado, um, it's a different type of, a type of winter. You know, the sun's out here all the time, whereas, you know, there it gets, you know, dark and muggy, and, you know, you get that permacloud. I remember 
you know, a month into the, my first semester, you know, calling up my mom and just being like, you know, the, the jackets that go past your knees that are down, I need you to order me one ASAP because that's what people have here. So, wow. Yeah, it yeah. is. Those winters in the Midwest are cold. And, you know, you're playing soccer, so you have games in November, sometimes into December. Yeah. So it's it's got to be brutal. Had to, had to toughen up. And I remember, so I was one of the only um only girls on the team that had a car we had very few people maybe five of us across the whole team so we'd pick up pick up everyone before morning workouts and I remember there was one year where we had a span of time where it's like three degrees or something like that and I would go out warm my car up go pick up everyone and I would literally just cross my fingers that that was my car would start (laughs) every morning like Please start. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's that's brutal. It's hard to get out of bed, let alone go oh. to soccer practice in weather like that. Right, it is. <laughs> we had to and, drag a few girls out of bed on those mornings. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> now Notre Dame, obviously known to have a great football program, but their women's soccer program is great. In fact, a couple years before you got to campus, they had won a national championship. I think it was 2010. You get there in 2012, yeah. so really great program. Yeah, no, good program. Um, awesome, you know, feel privileged to have, have played for them. And, and even the men's side, they won a national championship while we were there. So nice. um, it's amazing to, to see both, both sides of the program be so successful. Absolutely. And now your freshman year, it's interesting because it's your only year in the Big East. You know, conference realignment comes your sophomore year. Was that weird mm-hmm. switching conferences? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest change for us, we, we honestly had a lot of changes while we were there, whether it be conferences, changing from Adidas to Under Armour, coaches, things like that. Um, you know, I think when you think about the conference aspect of it, you know, you for, for us, it, it, it was good. Um, you know, I think playing the, the teams in the ACC it was a good good competition for us and I think the biggest change like I mentioned earlier was really that games changed from Friday and Sunday games to Thursday Sunday games so we had to travel Wednesdays and so it was honestly another day away from school and we would sometimes be gone Wednesday through Sunday in the week Um, and it would just I would say you would it was good because we had that extra recovery day between games, but it was just, it was um, long, sometimes long road trips. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, and as far as switching to the ACC, the ACC is probably the best conference for women's soccer. I know there's yeah. other great conferences as well, but you have, you know, historically great North Carolina. Virginia is yep. really good. Florida State has won national titles. Yeah. Duke is always good. You guys are good. So every game is a battle when you get to the ACC. It, it is. And I think that's what was exciting for us. We were going to a conference where every single game, you know, was essentially pe- preparing you for end of season, right? And everyone's yeah. goal of winning a national championship. Yeah, absolutely. So your only year in the Big East, Notre Dame, you guys go 16-6-2. You play in 16 games and make one start, which is incredible as a freshman. And you guys have the deep NCAA NCAA tournament run, eventually losing to who I believe is the eventual national champs that year in Florida State. 
Yeah, it, it's hurt. It's hard to talk about. I'll tell you that was the we made it the furthest my freshman year. I think till the Elite Eight, lost mm-hmm. to Florida State. It's something that you work so hard for, right? So you're you're hopeful, and you know you put so many hours in. You want you want to hold up the trophy at the end of the season, but um, wasn't able to do that. So it's it's hard to talk about, but it's it's good because it means it meant something. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, being one game away from the Final Four, that is a tough pill to swallow. But if you're gonna lose, at least it was to the eventual national champs. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but just an incredibly exciting freshman year for you. What a way to start your soccer career at Notre Dame. Yeah, and it was funny. One of the assistant coaches on Florida State, which was actually one of my club coaches growing up. So oh no way! <laughs> it was it was funny funny for that to kind of come come full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Sophomore year, 2014, like we said, it's the first year in the ACC. You mentioned the changes. Um, you guys have a good year. Sometimes it's hard to switch conferences and then still consistently be good, but you guys are 13-8-1. You had a big win over UNC, which I'm sure you have to remember. I do. I do remember that. Um, big win there. Uh, I I know we had a pretty strong strategy for the game. and I th- Was it 2-1? Was that the- I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a two-one, two-one game, and we were down at UNC. It was a, it was an exciting one. Absolutely. Yeah, UNC. I mean, so much is known for their men's basketball program, but like their women's soccer program is the best team that they have there historically. It's really good. Yeah, they're very, they are very good. They have a good record throughout the years and um, good coach down there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a question for you. So, you know, when you're watching a soccer game on TV, you know, professionally, you're only allowed three subs. In high school, you can have as many subs as you want. What is it like in college? Because I can't remember. The rules, the rules are you can come off in the first half and go back on in the second half. Um, and I actually think the rules changed during my four years. Um, but um, I know that, you know, typically – the, the role I played on the team was one of the first one or two subs on the field. Um, and then, you know, usually whoever I came in for, for the end of the first half, they'd start the uh, second half. Gotcha. So they could go back on. But then in the second half, if they came off, uh, you couldn't go back on. Okay. So now, okay, so, so if you were a sub and you, you know, went on in the first half and then they're put back in in the second half, can you as the sub technically go back in again? Yeah, you can. Oh, okay. Okay. Very cool. Nice. Uh, another deep run to the tournament. I think this, this year it's one game less, so you lose in the third round to Michigan. Is it worse because it's Michigan and no one at Notre Dame likes Michigan? Um, I think it was worse because the conditions of that game. We, we were playing up at a central site. I don't know if it was Western Michigan or at Michigan. And... I think the hardest thing about that is the conditions were just so difficult. I remember the field being like an, basically an ice skating rink. Oh, it was so cold. Dangerous. And I think, you know, obviously there's, you, you don't want to put excuses for your, for your team out there, but I think if there would have been different conditions, there probably would have been a, a different outcome. And I think it's hard because especially in soccer, when, when there's, different things like that you never you never know what's gonna happen yeah yeah 
Weather conditions are brutal. It sounds like this is very dangerous. It was basically an ice rink out there. It was, we, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty icy out there. I remember we had got hand warmers for everyone before the game and different stuff like that. That was a, that was a cold one. I do remember yeah. that. Wow. Now, how often were your parents and your family in general, in general, able to get to South Bend and watch you play? Um, I think that my parents tried to come usually, you know, two to three games throughout the, throughout the year. Um, each season. Yeah, it was, it was nice because, you know, easy flight to Chicago, hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes to, to South Bend from there. Um, and then typically they'd come, come to a, a tournament game or two um, and, and watch us play then. Okay, nice. That's a good amount. Because, yeah, that's not the easiest place to get to. It's not super hard, but you still got to buy a plane ticket rather than, you know, drive a couple hours. For sure. And sometimes when we played on the West Coast, when we'd go play, you know, um, in California or something like that, they'd go to one of those games. Nice, nice. So I was looking at your schedules before just to see, but it didn't look like you played at all in Colorado. Is that true? No, we didn't. Okay. Um, the the biggest the two big teams here, I guess there's three C one teams here: CU, CSU, and Colorado College. But we did we did not play them. Okay, yeah, I didn't know if you had, would have had like a homecoming of sorts, but okay, no problem. No. Didn't didn't get that no. <laughs> that would that might have been a hard game for your team though because you know with the rarefied air in Colorado they might have been huffing and puffing so maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, they they would have been. Everyone that comes here is um, it's it they really feel feel the altitude. I now have friends that come out and visit here all the time and they're like, how did you do this? And I'm like, you really just get used to it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's easy for you. you grew up there, but yeah, that's funny. It's funny. I never I never did any better on the beef test, though, but. <laughs> that's funny. Now, did you guys have, like, a main rival, or no, because you were kind of new to the ACC? Um, yeah, I mean, I think even though being in the ACC, there was, there, we still had rivalries, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think over the, over the years, UNC was always one. I think just because of our program history and a lot of time meeting in Final Fours and Finals and things like that. Um, I'd say Virginia was a big one for us. Um, they um, always really showed up well against us, and I think that was always good co- good competition. Um, but, you know, like you said, like every game was so important to win, and every game was such a competition that, you know, rivalries all the time. But um, I think those two would kind of be the ones that stand out. Okay. Those are probably two of the better teams in the ACC at the time, right? Because Virginia had um, Mo Bryan, right? And uh, yeah. Morgan Bryan and uh, yep. Emily Sonnet, right? Yep, they they did. Yeah, there's a, that was a, it was a great team. Um, lots, lots of girls on that team. A few, uh, several of them still, still play. Um, I know some of them are in Chicago and different things like that. But um, good team that walked over the years while I was there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for you guys, Notre Dame, junior year 2015, 14, 6, and 2. I always feel like it's weird to end on a tie. I mean, I know why you don't want to go into extra time every game if it doesn't mean anything and do PKs, but I don't know. Do you think it'd be more fun if it ended with, like, a clear winner? 
I think always, but you know, you you get to those games like in the season where you know you have back-to-back games. You know, teams get tired, and I think just saving yourself for for tournament and stuff like that. Now, I'm not one who would ever want to end in a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just kind of how how the game works. So so. How is your PK ability? Um, my PK ability, I usually did not t- take a PK for the team. Um, I, I would have, I would have loved to, but I, I didn't, no. I think that's the most nerve-wracking thing in sports. Like, I cannot watch them, even when I don't even really care who wins. I just, I can't. I feel bad I, for them. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where it's a little crazy that a lot of these games get determined by PKs because, you know, a lot of it's just aim and shoot. And that's, that's saying it in such an easy way, right? Because a lot of times it doesn't go accordingly. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's crazy that a lot of games get determined that way. And it's so crazy to me that the goalie basically just has to guess. I mean, I know the ball's coming at you really quick. You kind of have to decide beforehand, but that's just nuts to me. Yeah, no, I'm actually... It's, it's funny you say that. I think they, they study film a lot, right? So a lot of people, they're consistent on what they do. They do the same repetition, right? You know, mm-hmm. similar themes kind of throughout, right? You do step back the same amount of steps, step to the left the same amount or the right, depending on which foot you're taking it with, and, you know, do the same thing every time because there is that nerve reaction, right? Um, yeah. But so they, they a lot of them know or study which way they go in, in different things and have an idea of which way you're going to go. So then that messes you with you, right? Then it's like, oh, do you go the other way? You typically shoot right and then you go left. So it's, That's it's true. the mind yeah. game. <laughs> it really is. No, you're right. It is a mind game. Yeah, because I'm thinking if I'm, you know, stepping up to the goal to shoot it, it's like, okay, well, this goalie has clearly seen film on me. I always go to the right. Should I go to the left? I'm not as good on the left side. But yeah, I guess just practicing, you have to get good at sort of going in any direction yeah exactly wow it's crazy but yeah i just especially like when the u.s national team uh, over the years they've uh, lost a a couple big games in pks and i can like never watch it it's so i just feel bad i get stressed watching it too so i feel you on that i can't imagine i think i'd be one of the kids that would just like boot it over the goal just out of pure nerves So, again, really deep run in the tournament, junior year, third round. You lose to Texas A&M. Now, you had mentioned a high school teammate had played soccer at Texas A&M, right? Yeah, it was a club teammate. She was a year older, um, played at Texas A&M. So was she on the team then? She was, yeah. I think she was a senior year that year, so it was her senior year. That's a bummer, lose to a friend. Does she ever bring it up? Yeah, you guys in touch? it, it happens. I was bitter for a while, um, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, you never get to choose who you lose to, so. it's a good point. That's a good point. So, okay, obviously yeah. Notre Dame, you're playing in the fall. The football team is playing in the fall, right? And I imagine a lot of social events are geared towards those Saturdays, of which you're probably not around a lot. You mentioned a lot of times you're traveling Wednesday to Sunday, and unless it's a home game, you're away. Was that a little bit hard? Yeah, no, I think the hardest thing about the fall season was was the social aspect, really. You know, when we were in town, we had a 
you know, pretty, we were able to go to the game, but we could only stay till halftime um, because we had games the next day, right? So we had to rest our legs. We couldn't be standing during the games or standing out, hanging out with friends all day long. Um, so we, we had a little bit of a taste of it, but to be honest, um, you know, our, our focus was other places, right? Um, yeah. So had a little bit of a different fall than your true Notre Dame student going to football games and tailgating and stuff like that. So, But I bet you guys really did a great job partying at the spring game. Um, yeah. So there's actually <laughs> a – in the spring, there's a big uh, event at Notre Dame called Pictosco on the – um, blue and gold game day. So yeah, we, we would always go to that and, and things like that. Um, it was fun, but it's really fun to go back now and be able to, you know, tailgate and see your friends and go to football games. Um, now that we can have a little bit more fun at them. Yeah. You don't have to leave at halftime because you don't need to rest your legs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like coach's rule. You had to leave at halftime, even if it was an incredible game. Yeah, it was a coaches and captains rule. Um, honestly, it was probably more directed from the coaches. Um, and I, I get it, right? Like, we had a bango play a 90-minute game the next day or plus yeah. if we went to overtime. But it, I will say at the time, I was, it was hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, because you're having a good time. Obviously, the atmosphere at the stadium is incredible, so that is difficult. Yeah. Now, your senior year in 2016 – Notre Dame has another great season going 14-5-1, and one, but it's a tough personal one for you. You're, you play in two games before suffering a season-ending knee injury. So what happened? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's, it's hard when you have a, a big injury like that. Um, it was blew out, blew out my knee, my ACL, um, meniscus, oh. and, you know, really did it good. Actually ended up coming home first surgery, had to have stage surgery. So they took my ACL out, fixed my meniscus. Then 10 to 12 weeks later, they went back in and put my ACL in. Um, so, so did it good. Um, so it was a pretty, pretty intense injury. You know, it wasn't only difficult physically, but the mentally it's hard, right? You are prepared to play, play a full season, um, really, help contribute to, to the team and you know that's taken away from you in an instant and I knew right away um what happened you know I we were in practice and I I it was one of those things where when you feel it it's not like something you can fully explain and I you know I I knew um so I knew it was going to be a long long uh track ahead um, but, you know, have the awesome trainers there and the ability to use all the facilities to be able to rehab back and, and stuff like that. And, but it, it was difficult. Um, it was difficult because you have to learn to play a new role on a team um, that you really um, – it was a different kind of influence, right? You just mm-hmm. had to be supportive and you were – sitting on the sideline versus being able to, you know, do anything on the field. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. What kind of play did the injury happen on? Uh, it was in practice. So it was uh, – we were running a drill, and I went to go jump over our keeper. And uh, when I came down, landed down, uh, is when it happened. Ooh. 
So you jump over, so you're trying to like get out of her way, like you were afraid you're gonna land on her. Yeah, it was like a a breakaway thing. So I like jumped over her, and I still, when I see athletes and when that happens to them, I still get the shivers because I'm just like, oh, I know exactly what they're going through. Like you see it in professional games or you know college football games, and it just makes me cringe every time. Yeah, it is so awful, right? Because you spend all summer getting ready, even before that, right? Spring, summer, getting ready for for it. You say you're prepared to play a full season and that happens. Um, yeah. Uh, so how was your recovery? Obviously, it was a pretty intense thing. You had to have two different surgeries. Yeah, it was It was longer than most because of that, right? Like, it wasn't just my, my ACL. Um, and so... It just took a lot longer for things to heal. Um, you know, honestly, through all of that spring, I was rehabbing, different, do, doing different things with the trainers there, and just being able to to get back to a place of, of normalcy. Um, yeah. Ugh. And you mentioned, you know, it's hard being on the sidelines, and, you know, you're in a new role. You're just supporting your teammates. You can't go in, so... I imagine that's got to be bittersweet because it's another great year for Notre Dame. You guys go on to the NCAA tournament, but obviously you can't contribute the way that you want to. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you have to change your mindset, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's, and it's hard to do that. Um, I'm not sure I did it very well, um, but I was cognizant of the, that I had to. Um, and so I think... You know, looking back now, just seeing how difficult it was for me mentally and different things like that, you you just want to be the best teammate that you can be um, and support them and, you know, thank you, (laughs) Um, and support them in in as much way as you can. It's just, it's just difficult. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, it it sucks getting hurt anytime. It's never ideal. But for you to do it in your senior year and that kind of just be it, I feel like that stings more. It, it, it did sting. Um, you know, I think for me, though, that was the amount of time and effort and everything like that, what I needed to put in to be able to come back was, was going to be difficult. Um, and so I think the, the mental aspect and, and the combination of the physical aspect of it was, was really hard for me. Yeah, I imagine. And Okay, so you just said, you know, it would take a lot for you to come back. So I'm curious, did it occur early enough in the season where you could have taken a fifth year? No, so it really wasn't um, an option for me. You know, I think just that and, like, the timeline of being able to physically be ready for a season Mm -hmm. um, was just going to be difficult to be able to do that. Okay, Uh, yeah. Now, how is your knee today? It's great. Um, I do all types of things now. I, you know, it's funny. I, I had a, what I called my quarter life crisis. I did a triathlon a few years back and yeah, no, it is, it is good. I, uh, do all types of stuff on it now. Good. That's awesome to hear. Do you have that thing where you can tell when it's going to rain? My cousin tore her ACL years, years and years ago. And she's like still no like it bothers her when it rains. It's so weird. I think it's more when it gets cold out. Like it's still it's still like tingles and hurts when it gets cold outside. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. 
But I, at least you're not in South Bend anymore. Like that, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you graduate in 2016 and you move back to Denver. So what have you been up to these last couple of years? Yeah, um, you know, great question. I think for me, I look at it as kind of a theme that's over, been ar- overarching in my life for a long time. You know, health and wellness. It's really always been at my core. Um, So I'm in the CPG food space. Um, I've worked for a few different food brands over the years. Um, I'm currently working for an overnight oats company called Mush. We're based out of Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's a Um, big brand. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think what I, I couldn't be happier to be here. You know, I think what's unique about it and what, you know, what really drew it drew me to it was a similar reason that, you know, drew me to, to Notre Dame. It's just extremely, you know, unique and everyone's, it's such a high performing team. And the whole goal is really just to help people feel, think and do better. You know, our, our founder actually is extremely knowledgeable, um, you know, learn something new from her every day. And, you know, if we can help one person at a time, that's, that's what our goal is. So That's awesome. Sounds like a really cool job. Career, yeah, I, no, I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Now, you know, when you got into the workforce, was it was it weird leaving soccer behind in a sense, right? Because you have played, you know, travel soccer, really competitive soccer since basically 11 years old. And all of a sudden yeah. it's kind of just over. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a hard transition. I um, didn't actually have a job when I graduated. Um, and to be honest, didn't network early enough. Um, I think it was just because I was physically going through my, my knee stuff and was really focused on just getting healthy again. Uh, yeah, actually got up. my, yeah, yeah. I actually got my first job. My um, freshman counselor at Notre Dame connected me with someone and that's how I got my first job and it was a food brand. Um, and so from there, you know, like I said, been to a few other food brands over the years, but, you know, I think there's, it's hard because you are a high performer for your whole life and to be able to then be back at the bottom of the totem pole and have to prove yourself and um, find connection and, you know, find ways to continue, like continuously educate yourself is, is hard. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with that. But sounds like that you're in a good place. I am. I'm in a great place. I couldn't be happier, you know, have an awesome team that I'm working with. And um, I love it. Yeah, that's good. Hey, if you like your job, like that is half the battle, more than half the (laughs) battle, honestly, because like, you know, what is it you work? If you do the math, you work like so much of like 70% of your life ends up like being work. So if you like it, that is great. Exactly. No, yeah, it's, it's, fun it took me a while to get here though I didn't I had a had to find the right company but uh yeah yeah yeah. but hey you found it you found it pretty early too right all things considered yes uh, yes exactly nice so now your 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 knee's good are you playing in any adult soccer leagues or anything like that on occasion it's funny we I actually have four teammates I think it's four teammates out here now um that I played with and probably four other 
Notre Dame athletes out here in Denver now too. Um, and we, we play on occasion, play some pickup, um, and like to, like to school a few people on the, on the field, but awesome. just, just on occasion, not always. Okay. Okay. Very cool. And are you still following Notre Dame athletics? I am. Yeah. Love, love to stay caught up with them. Um, see how different teams are doing and always stay close to things. I will admit sometimes it's only once, once teams get to the tournament, but, uh, love, that love staying happens. up with ND. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know you've been to football games since you graduated. Have you been to any soccer games since you've graduated? Um, yeah, I have. I've been to a few over the years. Sometimes they line up when we're there for a football games. sometimes not, but, uh, got to get back and see the coaches here and there. So Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Now I have a last question for you before we get into some fun stuff, but there was a fun fact about you listed on the Notre Dame website. You have been to all seven continents, which is incredible. <laughs> I haven't left this continent yet. So tell me, uh, how, like, yeah. how old were you when you got to all seven? Um, I was a freshman in high school. Wow. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So my parents, they wanted to get all their kids to all seven continents by the time their oldest graduated high school. Um, so it was honestly, I'm, I'm so privileged to be able to have those experiences and, and different things like that. And it's, it's funny, you know, when worlds collide, right? Like there was times where we took duffels of soccer balls, different places to pass out to, you know, kids and different things like that. But, um, and very honored that I've been able to have those experiences. I love traveling. Um, I think it's something that I, I very much prioritize and it's um, something that I'm fortunate to have been able to do. Absolutely. Which was your favorite continent? You can't put um, North America. Yeah, no, it's hard because they're also different, like the different cultures and different things like that. Um, obviously, some are, are um, um, very different culturally and um geography too um i think my favorite maybe africa um it was such a unique trip to be able to we did a safari while we were there and like i said we brought a bunch of different soccer balls to pass out to people in different um different schools while we were there and i think just seeing the joy that that brought to their faces was such a unique and special experience Oh, very cool. That is great. Did you also go to South Africa by any chance? We just flew through South Africa. Okay. Um, yeah, so I haven't spent much time there. Okay, yeah, just wondering, because I, I know uh, friends of mine are right now on their honeymoon in South Africa, and yeah, I've been following them on Instagram. It looks like they're having a really good time, and the videos and stuff are incredible. Yeah, no, I'm sure I've heard great things about it. Now, what is there to actually do in Antarctica? That's probably a very ignorant question on my part. I'm sure there's tons to do, but, like, what did you do there? Yeah, so we were actually, um, what we did is we took a um, a research boat from the tip of Argentina, a um, place called Tierra de Fuego. We took a, a boat of about... I want to say a hundred people or so. There was about fifty countries represented, 
and we it was a research boat so we had classes that we could go to if we were interested in learning about what they were researching and uh, took it through to a few different islands down there and was actually able to to get to mainland which you, you're not always able to do that so huh. we were wow. living on a on the boat most of the time very cool wow that's impressive you did all this by your freshman year of high school uh yes i believe believe that's when it was I'm 30 and I haven't left North America. Wow. <laughs> I, got, I got some traveling to do. <laughs> I got to catch up with you. Yeah, you'll get there. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Oh, Mary, I have loved our conversation. I like to end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound? That sounds great. Awesome. All right. In your free time, what TV show are you currently watching? Oh, um, Ted Lasso and Marvelous Miss Mabel. Okay. I've heard Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's good. And I heard if you like Gilmore Girls, you'll like that because it's the same writer. And I like Oh, Gilmore really? Girls. I have watched Gilmore Girls before. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think it's the same writer, same producer or something. But yeah, that's something on my like list. That. Love it. Nice. All right, next question. What is the most embarrassing song on your Spotify or Apple Music? Whatever you do, whatever you use. Oh, gosh. Um... Probably, um, Let's Go Barbie or whatever the song that is. <laughs> I have the that on my, on my Spotify as well. I feel like that is not embarrassing. That's a great song. I, I honestly don't know what's my most embarrassing. I, I will say, like, I am someone who jumps on other people's playlists. I don't create okay. my own. Okay, all right, nice. Just mooching off others. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mary, last question. You just said it. You're a big time traveler. Where's the next place you're visiting? I'm going to London and Florence. Wow. When? In a week from tomorrow. Oh my God. No way. <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have a wedding there. So I am in London first, but while on my way over to Florence. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, Family or I'm friend excited. wedding? It's a friend wedding, yeah. Um, okay. I'm excited, excited to help celebrate their next step in life. So that's awesome. Now, will this be your first time at either London or Florence, or have you been before? It is my first time to London, but I have been to Florence before. Okay. Oh, very cool. I bet you'll have a great time. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Nice. Well, Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. You know, you said at the start that it was very hard for you to talk about yourself. I thought you did a great job. You provided a lot of great things. I really like your story. So glad that your knee has healed up and you're able to travel again to all these incredible places. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to chat with me and I hope you have a good rest of your week. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Mary Schwapak. Hope you enjoyed it. It was so great to hear about her soccer story. Seems like she had a great experience at Notre Dame, obviously minus the injury, but I'm so glad that her knee has healed up and she's able to do fun adult things now. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.